Okay, I'm pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so today, um, I'd like to use my podcast to do different things. Um, but one of the things that I've had fun is using them as kind of a historical marker uh, to sort of talk about the, the history of magic and, and where it came from. So today, I thought I'd talk about Wizards of the Coast, uh, the company that brought you magic and continues to bring you magic. Uh, the history of wizards. It's something that uh, those of us who work at wizards you know, know about because it's something that as a company, they sort of definitely want to make sure we know where we came from. Um, but I don't know if this story has been shared all that publicly. I mean, it's on the internet, I guess, if you hunt it down. Um, so, where did it all begin? Uh, it began in Seattle in uh, the late 80s. Uh, well, the story begins in the late 80s. So, Peter Atkinson, who was a gamer, uh, mostly, most importantly, he was a role-playing gamer. He loved role-playing. Loved, loved, loved it. Um, and he, at the time, Peter worked for Boeing, I believe, and he and his friends, um, used to roleplay all the time. And one day, Peter said, you know, maybe it'd be cool if we started a company to make roleplaying stuff. Now, I understand at the time, um, and Peter was working full-time at Boeing, uh, so Wizards of the Coast got started, I think, in April of 1990, uh, got incorporated, I guess. Um, and back then, uh, and the story is that Peter and four of his friends, now, for, I actually did some research to try to track down who exactly were, and, and what I found in doing the research was, there's, it's kind of like, who, who are, who's the fifth Beatle? That, uh, there's a lot of different people that you could count as being the five people that found a wizard. I'm sure there's a definitive answer, but I was not able to find it. Um, I mean, obviously, Peter was one of the five. Uh, to the best of my guess, uh, I think Rich Kalis, who was an art director who made Magic's first logo, was, I think, one of the five. Jay Hayes, uh, Ken McLaughlin, and Steve Connard. That's my best guess for the five. Uh, Steve Connard would go on to lead the design of Legends. Um, and Jay and Rich and Steve were all, I worked with all of them. I never worked with Ken that I believe, or if I did, it was very early on. Um, I might be missing something. There were other people very early on. Uh, John Jordan, in theory, could have been it. Yes, Ramirez Force, who was the first art director, was there early on. I know that Lisa Stevens was the very first employee. So there was a bunch of people. But when the company was first started, um, it was started in, in Peter's basement, and it was kind of a company that everybody did on their spare time. That everyone was still working. It wasn't like Peter was still, his day job was working at Boeing. And so the early days, what in Wizards they call the basement days, was literally run out of Peter's basement. Um, and so early on, they were a role-playing company. Peter loved role-playing. Um, so they were making, I think, the third edition for a role-playing game called Talislanta, that I know very little about. Um, and... Uh, a supplement that uh, Peter had made that was meant for any role-playing game called the Primal Order. So there's a card later made in Magic called Primal Order. That was a toss to, 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 um, to Peter's game. So anyway, they make this role-playing company. They make some stuff. And I think in the Primal Order, they made mention of another company. Uh, like, oh, you know, when you play this game, for example, you can play with this game. And that other company got mad and sued them saying, feeling like they were, you know, 
they were implying that this was for their game when it wasn't, and they hadn't licensed it and stuff. And so, uh, early on, Wizards of the Coast was being sued by, at the time, a much bigger company than them, because they were a teeny tiny company. Um, but, around this time, things were looking pretty bleak. I, I know that uh, in 93, I believe, 92 or 93, Peter sent out a, a memo to all the employees, which wasn't many people at the time, and basically said, look guys, we have to scale back, I gotta cut all salaries, you know, and all those people ended up getting paid in stock options, which later would go on to be an awesome deal, but at the time, you know, it looked sort of not so good. Um, but things were looking bad. Meanwhile, um, a young mathematician, uh, so Richard Garfield and his friend Mike Davis, uh, Mike Davis would go on to be the uh, VP of R&D for a while, head of R&D for a while. Um, in fact, Mike Davis hired me. Um, so they came to Wizards. They were trying to make Richard's game Robo Rally. Now, for those who have never played Robo Rally, uh, which I think is still for sale, and Wizards has made it, um, the premise of it is is you, you have robots in a, in a robot factory, and you're racing around, and you have to program whether the robot goes forward or left or right or backs up or turns around or, you know, and... You have to pre-program everything, and then there's all these obstacles in your way. There's conveyor belts and lasers and also and other robots. Um, and so the fun is you have to sort of plan ahead what's going to happen, and then as you get damaged, you have less ability to sort of... You, moves get locked in, and, you know, so anyway, it's a fun game. The problem is that it's a game with lots of pieces, and, you know, when Richard and Mike originally pitched it to Peter, Peter sort of said to them, look, guys, I, I can't make that. that that's, you know... Um, you know, they were a tiny company, but, uh, Peter did say to him, well, the one thing I know I can do is printing. I can print things. And Peter had the idea of what, what, what Peter wanted was he wanted something that he could put on cards, um, because, or he wanted something portable, I guess. I'm not sure whether Peter brought up the idea of cards or Richard, but I think Peter knew that he had access to, um, there's a local um, art school that he was using to do illustrations, and he said, oh, I have access to artists, and I can print. So basically, I think what he said to, to Richard is, he wanted a game that was portable and short, and the idea was, it's a game you could play in between role-playing games. Uh, but the key of it was, it had to be portable, it had to be short, it had to be something you could print, just print, uh, and they had access to artists, so art would be good. And with that... Richard said to him, oh, I, I think I have an idea. And Richard went off. Um, so, um, eventually Richard came back with the idea for magic. So what had happened was Richard had gone home. At the time, Richard, I think, was at UPenn in Philadelphia. And he was, you know, he had a bunch of gamers there, friends, and they were sort of playtesting it. And so he, he came back. And when he showed it to Peter, Peter loved it. Loved it. And he was like, we're going to make this. We're going to make this. We're going to make this game. And Peter was very excited. Um, now, the interesting thing was, remember, they were being sued at the time by a, a company. And so in order to protect Magic, because, you know, uh, I mean, what, Peter early on saw, really did see the potential of Magic and really went all in, believed in it. 
And so what happened was they set up another company, which was Garfield Games. So for those that have ever seen an alpha box, you'll know that it says Wizards of the Coast and Garfield Games. The reason it says Garfield Games was because they were being sued, they didn't want to lose the lawsuit and lose magic. So they incorporated a separate company that then licensed the rights to the game to Wizards. Um, and Richard was the head of that company, um, which would later go on to be really good, by the way, because uh, by the time, once the lawsuit was settled, Wizard of the Coast purchased Magic from Garfield Games, but by that time it had gotten big enough that Garfield Games was worth a lot. Um, and so uh, when, uh, I mean, we'll get to the story, but when Hasbro ended up buying um, Wizards and Wizards got, all the stockholders got bought off, um, the larger shareholder ended up being Richard Garfield. The reason for that was of uh, the shell company in Garfield Games, but when they had a buy off the stock, Magic had done well enough that that had mo- the most value in it. Anyway, a little, little side story. Um, okay, so what happened was Magic exploded. Now, to, to, to Peter's credit, because Peter took the game and drove up and down the coast and played it at every game store he could. Because what Peter knew was this was an awesome game, but it was different. It was not something that you had seen before, and that he knew that in order to get people invested, he needed them to see it. Because Magic was the kind of game that once you held the cards in your hand, you were just entranced, and you, you know he knew you, he could sell it. And he knew he could sell it to the store owners, because remember, the key was he needed to get the store owners interested to, to sell it. Now, the other thing to remember was early Magic, um, when I say it was a runaway hit, it was, but it came out, um, it did not hit everywhere at once. In fact, most of Alpha, I don't have percentages, but most of them, my guess is like 80% of it, um, was on the West Coast. Because that's where Peter was. He lived in Washington. He drove down the coast. And so the, the early magic, really the first buzz, happened in California. Now, at the same time, they went to Gen Con that summer. This is 93. Um, so technically, I think magic had been premiered at Origins, which was a few weeks before, in July. And then in August of 93 was Gen Con. Now, like I said, Peter is a long-time role-playing fan, and Gen Con was a great mecca for Peter. Now, Peter would go on, many years later, by the way, to buy and run Gen Con, but that's not really part of the story, but a little side note. Uh, And so they came there to show off magic. And it was the smash it. Like, every convention, kind of what happens is that some, some game is the hot talk of the convention. And the, the running motif of Magic in its early years is it was so popular that they couldn't keep up. You know, and one of the stories essentially is, I've told this before, it's like, what they printed for Alpha, they thought was a six-month supply, and they sold out in weeks. And then what they printed for Beta, they thought was another six-month supply, sold out in a single week. Um, so what happened at Gen Con was they came, they started selling stuff. Uh, it caught on. People were excited, and then like it, it was gone quickly, you know. And the people were all over the, the all over Gen Con playing this game, you know. And um, so the ball started rolling. So Wizards of the Coast, which was this little tiny company, just started exploding. Okay. Now remember, um, I, I believe when Magic came out, or very or very short before Magic came out, the, the company was still in Peter's basement. Um, and at that point, they had had a few employees. Um, you know, they were up to, in Peter's basement, I don't know, 10 employees maybe. Um, and so what happened was eventually they had to go get, a, they had they go got, got offices. Um, those were the offices that when I first 
Uh, so what happened for me was, I've told this story, but the real short version is, I freelanced for Wizards early on. Originally, I was working for the Duelist, and then I started branching for other sections of the company. I worked for like seven different sections of the company, um, mostly doing writing. Uh, so here's what was going on early days of Wizards is they were exploding. Magic, just they couldn't print enough magic. It was just going like gangbusters. And so um, they had an influx of cash like they'd never had before. And so they were expanding wildly. And the problem was they didn't know they needed employees. So early on, a lot of early Wizards was just friends getting hired and friends of friends getting hired. And that, that early Wizards were just like, they were like, you know, you'd almost walk in the door trying to say, you know, uh, hey, I'm here to visit my friend Joe. You want a job? Uh, okay, you know. And uh, it just early on exploded. And what happened was that um, because of the explosion, a lot of people who came on who were early, you know, would rise up through the ranks. Like one of the stories I used to tell is um, there's a girl named Carol, um, Carol Monahan, and she was, I think, the first receptionist, I think in the basement days, I believe, um, and Carol would go on to be head of sales. I mean, this took many years, but, you know, when she left the company, she was the head of sales, you know, and that when she started, I don't think she had ever worked sales before, but she was smart, she was with it, you know, and, and like, just, there was so much going on, and just, like, things were happening, that she climbed her way up to the point where she was the head of sales. Now, be aware at this point in Magic's early history, they couldn't print enough. So, I mean, sales was, in some ways, was logistics. Because there's like, so many people want stuff, how do we deal with it? And in the early days of Magic, they couldn't give, they couldn't, um, everybody couldn't have as much as they wanted because they couldn't make enough. And so a lot of early days was allocation, you know, and, and then people would like try to game the system, right? Because just say, just say you really wanted 10 cases. You'd order 50 cases. Because you only got a fifth of your order, then you still got what you wanted. And there's all sorts of shenanigans. The early days was a little chaotic. Um, you know, and, and like I said, uh, a lot of, I don't know if people realize this, but like, the, it took a while to understand the printing process. You know, Arabian Nights had duplicates in it, um, as did Antiquities. Like, you could get the same card twice. And, they're, and they're, they had to go back and press on Arabian Nights, so there's different versions of Arabian Night cards, and Antiquities had duplicates, and Legends had the thing where, like, there was uncommons in the A group and uncommons in the B group, so there were two sheets, I'm guessing, and that either your box got all the A uncommons or all the B uncommons. So, like, if you open up your box of, of Legends, you can only get half the uncommons. The other uncommons just weren't in the box. Um, so there were a lot of growing pains. So... Um, the game came out, so the company started in 90, the game came out in 93, and was blowing the gangbusters. So I started freelancing for them in early 94, um, and I was working for the Duelists, and then I started doing a lot of writing. And so one of the things that would happen is, I would come up, they would bring me up to do some freelance projects, because I would mostly work at home, but sometimes, you know, I just needed to interact with some other people, so they would fly me up every once in a while, so I had a chance to visit Wizards. Um, in fact, one of those visitations is when I faithfully said I'd be willing to move to Seattle, and they they like, when can you start? Um, so the early days of Wizards was very interesting. It was a young company with young people. It was very... Wizards definitely in the early days had this attitude of um, people... Like, so for example, my wife, Laura, um, I met her at Wizards. So Laura's story was she had been working at a company... Uh, that made, like, bricks, and she wasn't really happy. Just It was boring. And so she started temping. And so she 
um, ended up temping for Wizards of the Coast. And she came the first day in her suit, and you know, she was used to a very corporate environment. And like she walks in, it's like people wearing leather and all in black, and and, and what to her appeared like costumes. But it was just like people who really sort of this was a role playing crowd, and people that were definitely you know it was a very different mindset. And, and Laura was very taken aback. And it's funny because at first she's like, I don't know if I want to work here, but you know after being there for a little bit, she's like, Oh, I really like this. This is fun. She goes, I didn't know work could be fun. Uh, and the early days was still like Nerf Wars. You know, like, people would, uh, like, one of the stories I always tell is, um, at some point I'll do the courtship with my wife, but uh, I remember when I first got there, I was visiting, before I even worked there, and that late at night, you know, a lot of people had Nerf weaponry. My, my, my wife actually had a Nerf bow and arrow I used to borrow before I even knew who she was, uh, and have Nerf, have Nerf fights at night. Um, but the company was, was young and wild, and, and the joke about early wizards is that they did two things awesomely. One was make magic, and the other was burn money. So one of the things about the early days is they, I mean, Peter was super generous. They would, you know, take everybody and get them on a bus and go for trips. You know, they would have parties. Like, you know, there used to be the Wizards anniversary party. There was a giant blowout, and, you know, they'd rent out a train station or something. And, you know, the, the early days were just extravagant. And, and uh, I mean, it was weird. It was very raw. It was very exciting. But... It, there wasn't a lot of, uh, of expertise, you know, like I said, my example with Carol, where, I mean, she was smart and with it, but, I mean, she did not have any sales training, you know, that, that's not where she had come from, and that the company was, was full of a lot of people that were bright and eager and passionate, but that were not, you know, were not really people that were trained in that field, and so the company was definitely, you know, doing its best, but was definitely young and, and didn't know a lot of what it was doing. Um, so I came in in 95, um, so Magic took off and, uh, came out in July of 93, so I started a little over two years later, I was freelancing for most of 94, um, and eventually I, I had said, okay, I'd be willing to, I'd be willing to move to, to Seattle, and, um, so when I got there, we were still in that first building, so Wizards has had four locations thus far, the first location was in Peter's Basement, the second was in an office building in Renton, but not a couple blocks away from where we are now. And then when I got there, we were moving to our new offices, which were the offices we had been in for 10 years. So the, uh, and the funny thing was, when I first got there, we were moving any day, any day we were moving, which uh, ended up being like six to eight weeks, I think. But because they were, we were moving any day, they, they decided not to give me a computer uh, or a desk, for that matter. So, when I, so I, I joked I was a desk nomad. So uh, William Jockish and I, who, we started about the same time, uh, Bill had a desk because Joel Mick, his friend, had saved him a desk. But uh, William, Bill, Will, Bill, William, and I all started the same month. Um, William and I didn't have desks. And so we were told, um, just when someone's not there, use their desk and log into your, you know, I could log into my stuff, but through someone else's computer. And so the first, like, six to eight weeks, I'm just like, you know, desk nomad, finding a place to do my work. Um, and the, uh, so I got there in October, the end of October of 95. Um, and at the time things were exploding. Um, you know, they still was a role playing company, but they were obviously doing magic and they were starting to branch out to try to do some other games. Now at the time they thought that they would, um, that the trading card game was going to be a whole thing. 
And in fact, on the back of the Magic uh, card, you can see Deckmaster. What that is, is they decided to brand Wizard of the Coast trading card games so that, you know, that they wanted the Deckmaster brand. Magic was just first of the Deckmaster brand. Now, they would go on to make Jihad, later called um, Vampire the Internal Struggle, and they made uh, Netrunner, uh, and then later they would also make um, Battletech. Um, I, think all, I think all those were considered Deckmaster. Um, but anyway, the trading card game, it, it proved that Magic was working, but the other games didn't, didn't in the long run, didn't last. Um, so anyway, I got there in October. In December, we get a meeting. We, 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 there's a, oh, we used to have all hands every, every week. Uh, and what that meant is there'd be a giant room, every single person in the company would come, and at that time, we were a hundred and something. No, let's see, I was the, what was that? I think I was the... My, I think I was the 281st employee, is my guess. Um, anyway, I, but, I mean, people had come and gone. I, I think when I was there early on, there were about 150 to 200 people maybe there. Um, okay, so what happened was um, we would get every week, Peter would gather everybody together, and literally it would be like Peter would tell us what's going on. And if someone was new, Peter would introduce a new person, and... And it was a very, it was a small enough company that we could sort of gather together in one room and sort of talk about stuff. Um, but as the company got a little bigger, it got harder and harder to do that. So, uh, but, but, this was early enough that we still could get in one room. And so, Peter got together and said, okay guys, um, got some bad news. He's pretty straightforward. Uh, we're making some changes and we're going to have to let some people go. Uh, we're going to break up into groups and your individual managers will explain what's going on. And so R&D got together, and what we discovered was um, Wizards had decided that the role-playing part of the company it was just losing money. And so they decided that they'd still, be, still make Magic, obviously Magic was, making, was the cash cow, and they still wanted to make other games. And Wizards at this point, like I said, had branched out, uh, not just doing trading card games, but I think at this point we'd made Robo Rally, we'd made a card game called The Great Del Moody. Uh, so... We, we were going to make games, we were a game company, but that role-playing was just not proving profitable for us. And so they shut down. The, now, understand, at the time, that was a good chunk of the people of the company. You know, when I said there was like 150 people, like they laid off maybe in one day 50 to 75 people. Um, and it was known at the time as Black Wednesday. Um, and it was pretty... You have to remember, this was a company where like everything was hunky-dory all the time and things were great and... You know, there were trips and all, you know, and the, the company, this is the first time the company had ever kind of said, oh, look, there's, there's a problem, and we've got to address it. Um, and in some ways, it was the first kind of adult thing, if you, if you think of the, of the company's, you know, the young adult years, where it, the, they finally had to do something that was like, we didn't want to do this, but we need to do it, and so that happened. Um, so what happened then was... Um, Wizards really started getting into the idea of we're a game company, we're going to make lots of different games, and that uh, we started then making more board games and things. Uh, Richard came up with a game called What Were You Thinking That We Made. Um, anyway, we, uh, we made a bunch. I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the games were done by Richard. Um, I mean, Filthy Rich was done around then. Uh, I mean, there's a long... You can go look on the Wizards. I'm sure there's a list of all our games. Um, so what happened then was uh, the next big thing, I think... Try to get my, my, my order correct. Was. Okay, so I had this order correct. So, Peter loved role playing games. Loved, loved, loved them. And he grew up playing 
Dungeons and Dragons. That was a game that he had loved. And so at some point, um, Peter realized... Oh, actually, maybe I do have this backwards. Um, well, anyway, okay, my, my chronology might be slightly... So what happened was Peter loved, loved Dungeons and Dragons. And at some point, he realized that... Uh, so TSR was the company that made Dungeons and Dragons. Um, you know, Gary Gygax, way back when, uh, had started a company, and, and what had happened was they'd fallen on hard times. Um, there was a lot of, I, I, don't, I don't want to speak what happened, but they, they were in trouble. The company was in trouble. TSR was in trouble. And Peter, uh, you know, flushed with magic money, uh, said, oh my God, here's a wonderful opportunity. He's like, this is an amazing brand. Dungeon Dragons is an amazing brand. This is crazy. It shouldn't be on the verge of bankruptcy. And so Peter went, you know, Wizard of the Coast went and bought TSR. Um, and that's how Dungeon Dragons became part of Wizard of the Coast, is Peter's passion for, for role-playing, and specifically for Dungeon Dragons. Um, I mean, I remember when Peter told us about it, he was so, so excited. This was like a dream come true. I mean, for example, the best way to describe it is, I mean, imagine growing up and, like, the thing that was your passion growing up, that one day you buy it. You know, like imagine a kid that grew up and like has a favorite sports team and the one day he buys the sports team. That is a, that's the equivalent of what happened with Peter and, and TSR and Dungeons Dragons. Peter was in heaven. He was excited. Um, and so uh, we got back into role playing, but we got back in role playing with the top role playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and around the same time, like I said, my chronology, um, there was a. Uh, Nintendo had made a video game, and because uh, when, when Magic came out, there was a period where trading card games were just the hot thing. Because ma- what happens is you see successes and people copy successes, and so somebody had decided. Uh, so the new game from Nintendo was called Pokemon, and someone had decided that um, there should be a trading card game. That Pokemon would be a good trading card game, and so they designed it. Uh, and then they came to us, the, to Wizards of the Coast, and asked if we would distribute the trading card game. Um, or we, could, we would make and distribute it, because um, we, you know, we had the knowledge of how to, to do trading cards. We had the knowledge of how to produce them. You know, we had a tournament system all set up so people could play them. And so uh, Wizards of the Coast took on Pokemon. And holy moly! Um... Magic was a success in the sense that, um, you know, we couldn't keep up. We couldn't meet demand. Um, Pokemon was a different... So, Pokemon was what I would call a fad. Ah, fad's incorrect because it's still being made. Uh, but it just hit the cultural zeitgeist. And while, while Magic was an amazing thing and a real big thing among gaming people, Pokemon just became this crazy thing among kids. Just this giant, giant thing. And it was a roller coaster for wizards. Um, you know, we had had experience with success with magic, but Pokemon was just on a scale that was just very different. Um, because, I mean, like, all, almost every kid in America was playing Pokemon, you know. Um, and so, it, it really was a giant boost to the company. Um, and then what would happen is that the people who made it, you know, Nintendo, realized it was such a big thing that they decided they were just going to make themselves rather than the Wizards. So, Wizards was, we were there for the early the early year, years of Pokemon, but then uh, they started doing it themselves. So it's still made, but not by us anymore. Um, 
But that led to a few really crazy big years. And then during that time, during that same time, uh, Peter had gotten the idea of... We, we had known early on that uh, organized play was important. One of the big things that... One of Wizards, I think, big uh, contributions to, to the gaming world is really this idea that uh, organized play is crucial to a game. Um, and we had spent a lot of money, and we had a, you know, a pro tour, and we had an entire system set up uh, for sanctioning, and that really what we were saying is we want to make sure you have places to play. And so Peter came up with this idea of, well, what if we make the places to play? And the idea was, what if we got into the retail business? And that what if Wizards of the Coast sold games in retail? And so what we did was, um, we first tried it out in our building. Um, and so we had the very first tournament center was in our building. Uh, in fact, it's funny. Um, the, the way I met my wife was Laura was the person who was working nights in the tournament center. And um, R&D would all go down there. They had a LAN set up, a computer set up. And they would, I think they were playing World of Warcraft. Or not World of Warcraft, sorry. Warcraft. Um, and at some point they started playing StarCraft. Anyway, I, I wasn't that interested. And so instead of playing, I would end up talking with Laura, who was the receptionist. Uh, anyway, time well spent. Um, but that's probably for another podcast. Uh, anyway, um, so we branched out into doing um, uh, stores. And it coincided with us doing Pokemon, which was super hot. And so early on, our stores were exploding. But part of it was we were like the place to get Pokemon. And so um, we, we made a whole bunch of different stores. We ended up buying a, a series of stores called The Gamekeeper, which ironically was where I worked when I first discovered about magic because people kept coming in and asking me for it. Anyway, uh, and so we got into, into the business, the retail business. It ended up, once Pokemon sort of went away, that it was artificially inflating it, so it ended up not being as good a value. Um, but it did sort of help show us the importance of tournament play. But anyway, after that, or around that time, uh, was when Hasbro showed up. Hasbro showed up on the scene. Now, um, I think the intent all along had been that, you know, we were a game company, but, uh, you know, Peter and company had been looking for suitors to purchase, to purchase Wizards, and Hasbro seemed like a really good fit. Hasbro was a game company, you know. I mean, it was a toy company, but it, it had a very strong game component. In fact, I think if you sort of just named famous games, you know, the vast majority of them, you know, Monopoly, uh, the U.S. version of Scrabble, Clue, uh, blah, 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 blah. I mean, anything by Parker Brothers. I mean, you know, I mean, Milton Bradley and Parker Brothers and, you know, the vast majority of, of games, when you think of, like, games, um, you know, Trivial Pursuit, and all sorts of stuff were made by Hasbro. And it seemed like a really good fit. Um, and so Hasbro purchased Wizards. Um, I think that was in 97, is my guess. Uh, it was in 97 or 98. Um, but anyway, we were purchased by Hasbro. Um, now, a lot of people always ask, how much has that impacted us? Um, not that much. I mean, it's helped us in that we have Hasbro, to, like, resources of Hasbro uh, when we're trying to do certain things. Um, but the thing is, Hasbro's audience and our audience are a bit different. Um, 
we service what we call the core gamer, which means our, our audience are people who game as a hobby. They love gaming. Gaming is what they do. Gaming is their priority for their, you know, their um, free time. Uh, and so our audience is super dedicated, and they want games that are, you know, have a lot going on. You know, like Magic is a complicated game. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot to it. Well, for a hardcore gamer, that's fine. They, they embrace that. They love that. Um, but Hasbro's used to making, you know, a lot of Hasbro stuff is about mass market and advertising and selling to kids. And, you know, it, it's a very different audience. So when they bought us, you know, we were, they were expanding out and trying to do different kind of games. And we were something that was a little foreign to them. And so um, they've done a really good job of respecting that we are sort of our own company. And, I mean... Clearly, we're part of Hasbro, and so there's, you know, there, there's connections, and it's not like, you know, it, it, there, there's definite definite influence of being part by Hasbro, but it hasn't really changed the day-to-day, you know. They kind of let us do what we do, and, they, and that reason is they know that we're good at doing what we do. Uh, it's one of the reasons they bought us. Um, and so, so what happened over the years was, um, from the early sort of wild years, is little by little, we would start hiring people whose expertise was in whatever field they had. You know, um, like I say, I, I love Carol. Carol was awesome. Carol was actually very good at sales. But no matter what, at the end of the day, you know, she wasn't someone who, who had been trained in sales. You know, and that, um, I, I think that was one of the shifts is you sort of saw us moving away from people who were, were smart and passionate to people who, I mean, who were also smart and passionate, but had training in, in, in the, the field. And so I think over time, Wizards got a little bit more corporate. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, I, you know, I think a company ages. I think if you look at, like, any company kind of the metaphor is, like, in the early years, it's, it's the, the, the kid years and the teen years where you're wild. And at some point you settle down a little bit and, you, you know, you sort of, uh, uh, you figure out what you're doing, you know. And that Hasbro, um, we have had a number of pre- Peter was our very first president in Hasbro. Um, the second president was... Let's see if it attacks my memory. Uh, well, it was, a, it was a former boss of Peter's. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, he brought him in because he was... Um, when Peter finally left the company, he took over. Why am I blanking on his name? Um, and then after him was a guy named Chuck who, who, who was from Hasbro. Um, and then after Chuck was a guy named Lorne who was a later head of sales who ended up running. Uh, and then after Lorne... Was Greg? Is that right? Am I forgetting somebody? So Greg Leeds is the current CEO, um, who also came through Hasbro, who's awesome. Greg is really, really great. Um, and Greg really, really focused the company. Um, you know, I mean, one, one of the things that I, I think um, Hasbro over the years, and Hasbro, uh, Wizard of the Coast over the years, has definitely branched out and tried different things. And that one of the things that we're doing right now is, is staying very focused on kind of where our strengths lie. Um, and that it's very easy as a game company to go, oh, we can make this game and that game. But, you know, we've been trying to, really what we've been trying to do is say, here's the things we do well. And magic is one of them. We do magic well. Well, let's do magic the best we can do magic. And a lot of, if you notice the last you know, five years, we've expanded a lot of what we can do. You know, we have a lot more supplemental products and we, we experiment with a lot more different things. And we've gotten into doing more with presentation and experience design. And, you know, we, we've really sort of doubled down on magic. Uh, and that was a lot of Greg's doing, which I think was awesome. And that, you know, hey, we do magic awesome. Let's let's put our energy in, in making magic the, the best it can be. Um, so 
it's interesting. Like I said, I'm this October. I will have been at uh, Wizards Coast for 18 years, and it is. It's funny. I mean, I remember the early days. You know, where I mean, when I first got to the company, I was young. I never. I, I almost never went home. Like I would come. I would work. Then, you know, we would play games late night or we'd screw around or whatever we do. Most of it was at Wizards, you know. Like, one of the things we used to do was uh, we had a game where we would get hockey sticks and we'd get uh, office chairs and a little ball. And we had this giant room where the all-hands would be. And we'd play, uh, like, office hockey. Uh, and the idea was you had to stay in your chair, which you would reel around and you'd hit the ball. Um, and then uh, we used to get yelled at by facilities because he's like... Can you keep them all off the ceiling? We keep, we keep damaging the tiles in the ceiling. Um, but, I mean, the, the early days were just, like, much more a Wild West sort of feel. It was fun. I, I was glad I was here for it. Um, but also, it's kind of nice now that it's, you know, like, I, I really enjoy that we we sort of got a little better. We The early days was, was wild in the sense that, you know, there's a lot of freedom, but also wild in the sense of we just did lots of weird things, and, and you know, and I, I, I like our focus now rather than sort of just off and doing different things. Um, what else can I say about Hasbro? Uh, not Hasbro, about uh, Wizards of the Coast. Um, so we moved buildings one more time across the street. Um, we were in the, the, our last building for 10 years, and then uh, a lease came up and we ended up moving across the street, so it didn't go far. Uh, we stayed in rent, other than uh, the Peter Basement days, we've been renting the whole time. Um, that's where, it's a suburb of Seattle. Um, and so we've, we've never moved more than a couple blocks away. I mean, the, the first building is like three or four blocks away from our current building. Um, and the, uh, I think any other, any other news of Hasbro? What, what did I forget? Uh, I keep saying Hasbro when I mean Wizards of the Coast. Um, I'm, I'm almost to work. I was trying to think of anything I'm forgetting about, about the history of Hasbro. Um, there are a lot of people involved. Here's one of the things I find fascinating. So, my entire time in the game industry, 18 years, entire time, has been at Wizards of the Coast. And I can go to conventions. In fact, there was a convention once. Uh, uh, for a while, Gen Con had a West Coast version. Uh, and the pre-release for Unhinged was held at, like, uh, the West Coast um, Gen Con. And so I had a break. Uh, so I dressed up like a donkey and ran the, the tournament. So I had a break in between that. So I was walking around looking at booths. And, like, every booth or every other booth, I knew somebody because even though I've never left Wizards, that Wizards had such a, an influx on the game industry that it's like, I, you, can't, you can't name a, a game company where I don't know somebody because every game company has somebody that worked at Wizards. Some of them had a whole bunch of people that worked at Wizards. Um, and so it's interesting. I, I feel like they, they, one of the things that says, uh, you know, if you just stayed at Grand Central Station... Yeah, you'd meet everybody you ever knew is one, one of the lines. The idea that, that everybody in their life at some point goes to Grand Central Station. And I feel like, you know, almost every game employee at some point ends up at Wizards of the Coast. Because it's amazing how many people I know, and I've only worked at one company. Um, and it's been awesome, because the, uh, um, the... My time at Wizards of the Coast has, has been an interesting sort of... In some ways, it, I got a chance to see 
I feel like I've been at multiple game companies, but all, all under the companies of one. Uh, and that uh, the different periods of the time were just such different things. You know, like I had the opportunity to, to work for a company that did retail stores, and I worked for a company that had a, a game that was like a fad among kids that was just, you know, a national phenomenon, you know. And I had a chance to, to, to work at a company that, you know, that, uh, that had a stores where we made games, and, you know, I, I had my hand in and helping out with board games, and, you know, I, I really have designed a lot of different kind of games while all being at the same company. Um, you know, and, and, and the thing that, that, that I also love about Wizards of the Coast is, and this is one thing that Wizards has never lost, uh, the thing that Laura said when she came in, you know, whatever, uh, 18 and a half years ago, which was, hey, this is a fun place to work, you know, and that one of the reasons I think I've stuck around as long as I have, I mean, partly is I love magic, and I love what I do, so that's important. But another part is, Wizards of the Coast is a fun place to work. You know, I love the people, I love the spirit. Uh, I mean, it's just a company that, like, you know, tries to do good and really, really is a company for gamers. That Like, it's a company by gamers for gamers, I like to say. You know, that it is a bunch of people that, like, all love games and love what we do, you know. And I don't know how often, I mean... I'm guessing it's rare, uh, but, you know, to work someplace where you work with a bunch of people that you all love the thing you're making, that you, honest to God, love the thing you are making. Um, I hope that's other places, because it's such an awesome feeling. Um, but it is neat. I love sitting in the pit and, and working with everybody in Magic, and everybody who works on Magic pretty much came to work on Magic because they loved Magic. That was their entry level to work on Magic. It started with the love of the game, you know, and that almost everybody now... Um, with a few, you know, rare exceptions like Bill, like, we're a Magic player first, you know. Like, I was a Magic player before I was a Wizards employee, you know, and that I came to Wizards because I loved Magic and because I loved games. And um, it is neat to be at a company which has the spirit and, uh, you know, it's just someone who, who embraces, who embraces this having fun. And, like, I also enjoy that my job is fun, you know, that... Uh, I mean, our, our Nerf Wars aren't, aren't as plentiful as they once were, but we still have game days. We still do, do Nerf stuff, Nerf Wars every once in a while. You know, that we, I know that we'll take time to just go play games and, and see games. And that, you know, a, a big part of the philosophy of our company is, you know, know your audience. And, you know, we go out of our way to travel to stuff so we can meet people and talk to them firsthand. You know, and that the, the, the culture is, is an is a, is a awesome culture. It's a nice culture. And that uh, I like the fact that I like the people I work with. I like the fact that, you know, we all have this common bond and common interest and common love of magic. And, and I, think, I think that shines through. I think one of the reasons magic is as good as it is is because you have people so passionate working on it that really, really care about the game as an entity unto itself. You know, I've said this before, but I'm not sure I said it in my podcast, but I owe magic a lot, a lot. You know, I mean, Magic has got me my dream job, introduced me to my wife, helped me build my dream house, gave me my family. I mean, Magic has given me a lot. I've traveled the world, you know, I, I, I get to be a little a celebrity, in, a big fish in a little pond. It's fun. And all that is because of Magic. And so I want to do right by the game. Uh, and I want to do right by the company. I, I Like I said, um, I enjoy Wizards of the Coast. And it, is, it has been through a lot of changes. And... It's been interesting to watch those changes happen, but uh, it, it is cool. It, it is, I'm, I'm glad that I've been here, and I'm glad that I was able to, to do today, spending today 
run through the history of the company because I think Wizards of the Coast is a pretty, pretty awesome company. So anyway, I am now here at work at Wizards of the Coast. So now that I'm at Wizards of the Coast, I cannot talk about Wizards of the Coast any longer. I must go work. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my little, uh, I don't know, uh, run through the history of Wizards of the Coast today. And uh, I guess it's time to go make the magic.